0: The, volume. the Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now, winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee. that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP- or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 7777, or visit slash chat for Connecticut, 1 800 gambler, or visit slash rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, 1 770 stop for Louisiana, 1 800 270 for confidential help in Michigan, 1 8778 hope ny, or text hope ny for New York, Tennessee redline, 1 800 889 9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Here we go. One, two, one, two. This thing on? Yay. Welcome to the sessions. Renee Paquette joined by the one, the only, Emilio Sparks, Emilio Madugno. How are you, sweet man?
1: Wow, you're using the government.
0: I went for the government name.
1: And you said it right as well. I used to have such a, like, a, 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 an anger for people that would mess it up. It was so bad.
0: You know what? I kind of get like that with my last name sometimes, too. And I get it. You see Paquette. I don't know. Is it that confusing? I don't know. But people really want to call, like, Paquetti. Paquetti. <laughs> it gets butchered. So I, I will say, I have, like, legit, like, anxiety sometimes. Like, well, I guess not really anymore, because if I... Book something like actual. If I'm like in a hotel or a car or a flight or something like that's always under good. That's my actual. That's like my legal name. But that was one thing with John. and I got married. I was like, oh my god, what a relief! I don't have to spell out Paquette. But if I'm on the phone with someone, like, cause my email? Oh, I guess I should. Whatever. My email has my last name in it, or does it? Doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't. Anyways, I got to spell that shit out all the time, and it kills me. Also, just like typing in, like, if I if I'm like in a hotel and I have to sign into the Netflix. And I type in my email address, I I get rage. I get so mad typing out Paquette.
1: The first time I actually heard your real last name was because of the interview that you did with Kevin Owens on the WWE network show you used to do.
0: On Talking Smack?
1: No, not on Talking Smack. It was that other thing. What was that other show you used oh, to do? Oh, Unfiltered. 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 Yeah. Well, you used yes. to do like the little, the little gif of you like pointing oh with the thing. Oh my thing. god,
0: I forgot about that. Yes.
1: Because he was talking about, well, I first learned of, of Rene Paquette on the score. And I was like, so. And
0: he would have really hit it with that French Canadian accent.
1: And he did. And I was like, oh, so that's how you say it.
0: Yeah. He says it better than him and uh, Rami. They both say it much nicer than I say it.
1: And that's how I learned about your name. I was like, ah, so that's how you say it. And with the proper enunciation, I didn't know about the little squiggly gimmick on top. I don't even know what that name is.
0: The accent a goo. There's the accent a goo and the accent grave, which goes the other way.
1: What's the grave? Is the grave for the guy and the goose for the girl?
0: No, that gives it the A sound, René. Because if it was not for that, it would be Renny. So the accent a goo gives it the A. I think. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass.
1: Look at us giving you guys a linguistics lesson on the sessions. We
0: are cunning linguists over here.
1: There's a rapper by the name of Cunning Linguist. He's very good.
0: Yeah, of course he is. The cunning linguist. Here's what I want to know. How great do we sound right now? Have we fixed the audio? I feel like it's funny. My brother, he does not listen to the show. Um, he's not a fan. But um, he did listen to the episode when we had on Max from um, the
1: Arkells, the
0: Arkells. Fuck, thanks. But anyways, he listened to that episode because uh, they're a Toronto band. My brother works with a bunch of Toronto bands and Max asked me what my brother did. And I was like, mm, I don't actually know what the title is. Anyways, my brother gave me so much shit. Why was I telling this story?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: For my audio. That's right. So my brother works in audio. Yeah. And he was like, you sound terrible. I was like, you're just mad because I didn't know what your like job description was. So he was talking a little shit saying that the audio was not great in the podcast. So Eric Paquette, suck a big one, brother.
1: I think you sound good. Everybody says you sound good. The head of audio, Adam Garcia, says you sound good. So we're all right.
0: Booyaka but We sound better now because now we're set up. We're crispy. I've got this focus right Scarlett 212 in front of me. Azalea Banks 212.
1: I worked with her once. She's cool. She's cool.
0: Is she cool? Because she seems like she might not be that cool.
1: Well, um, I was an ambassador for... For Nike and we had to do this like borough thing where we were each with the ambassador for this Air Force one because it was like like that's like the twentieth anniversary for the shoe. I think she had Harlem or Brooklyn, I forget which one it was. I was Staten Island, obviously. So
0: Obviously. And the king of Staten Island is gonna have a fairy named after him, everybody.
1: It's gonna happen. I'm I should run for borough president. But she was really cool with me. She was real nice. She was down the earth. Now that was several years before the real fame happened. So I don't know what when you're internet famous, and when all the the hip hop blogs were were kings and queens of the music industry, everybody's everybody's friend. I don't know. She probably wouldn't remember me if I introduced myself to an. She's like, "Who the fuck are you?" But I'd be like, "Hey, we did this thing together, remember? Nike versus the world. You know, Staten island versus everybody." It's uh, funny
0: how that happens, though. Hey, like how celebrities go from like being, you know, nice humbled, getting their foot in the door, appreciating all opportunities, even just like celebrity news stuff. Like, here's what I'll say. It it kind of blew my mind when I saw that Drew Barrymore was being like dragged for even mentioning the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I understand that it's a sensitive subject. I don't think anyone was making light of any kind of abuse, spousal abuse, anything like that, because that's obviously horrible. But she didn't say that. She just said, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is out there. And I'm, like, eating this up, like, watching this. Like, everybody is. No one's saying it's funny or, like, ha-ha, this thing happened to you. It's just, like, wow, these stories are nuts. Like, these stories between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are mind-blowing.
1: The fact that they're talking about, like, dog shit and human shit.
0: I know. Could you imagine being so mad at somebody, you go, you know what? I kind of have an inkling. Of having to take a crap. You know what I'm going to do with this? I'm going to go on your side of the bed. I'm going to roll down the duvet cover. And I'm going to drop a deuce right next to your
1: pillow. Hypothetical situations, right? The goods are having an argument about something. Maybe- Maybe John did something to piss you off because in the last couple of weeks, specifically the Michelle Beetle episode, you can go back and you can listen. You guys were talking about relationships. You were talking about our mom and dad. And you were like, sometimes John gets you so angry that you play dirty. How dirty are you going to play when the knives come out? Are you dropping a deuce and then blaming Benny or Blue?
0: First of all, that would just never fly. Maybe it would. Benny is very small um, and blue has a very distinct shit. That's very, that's like a very funny, like dog owner thing. You're like, oh, that's I could pick my dog shit out of a fucking lineup. No problem. I know my dog shit any day. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Like, I don't think I said that I did <clears throat> play dirty. I definitely don't get dirty. But I mean, we have arguments and there can be like some pettiness for sure.
1: Right. When well, the knives come out, were you going to sure, say, something? I mean, shit.
0: we've been together yeah. almost a decade. Like we'll definitely like, we'll get at it sometimes. Knock on wood. We're pretty lucky that when that does happen, it blows over pretty quicker. Like we're both just kind of like, mm, okay, that was stupid, whatever. And like, we're over it in like two seconds.
1: So you're not going to blame the chicken for your, your grown woman poop on his side of the bed.
0: I mean, arrest me now. If that was ever going to be the case, let's like, lock me up, put me away. That's nuts. To be that mad at someone, it's not even, like, it's, it's two things. It's being so pissed at somebody that you're, that you're like, I want this person deserves to see my shit. I'm so mad at them. To them being on the other side of like having like the wherewithal to poop, not in a toilet. I don't think my body would allow this. I don't think my body would let me do it. I'd have to focus so hard to like, let that just go
1: so the excretion of Renee's bodily waste can only come if it's in a traditional toilet.
0: I am a traditionalist and I am a purist when it comes to uh, relieving my body. Anyways, I think the conclusion here is that Amber Heard seems not great.
1: Doesn't seem like the nicest person.
0: It's not a great situation. Football fans, check out the Three and Out podcast with John Middlecoff only on the Volume Podcast Network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Before we get into some wrestling stuff, how caught up? Oh, you're not caught up at all on This Is Us.
1: Once I am, on the sessions, folks, big This Is Us talk, massive This Is Us talk. But I want to ask you this because you're a stylish chick and you're repainting your house right now. I'm in the middle of redoing my bedroom. I didn't know that there were so many shades of white to choose from. Oh,
0: my God. OK, you, what you have to do is you get alabaster white by Sherwin Williams.
1: Well, there you go. Because I was going to be like, listen, be prepared this weekend to get a ton of swatches of white sent to your phone.
0: We hired painters to come in to do our house. And I was like, I want it to be white. Like you want like a creamy white, but not too yellowish. Um, you definitely don't want any pink tones, blue tones. You want to stay away from that. And the guy was like alabaster white. And I was like, great. And he was right. Alabaster white is a, it's a perfect Creamy, neutral, white.
1: I want my room to look like the most sterile, minimalistic thing in the world. Why? When I first moved into the place that I'm at now, I decided to go, we got to go bold and bright and big. So we had a cranberry red accent wall with sand pebble walls around it. I ripped up carpets. Did brand new wood floors underneath the bottom because I had wood floors because the place that I'm at is like 70 years old. So everything was made with good oak. So I had all those sanded down and then I put brand new wood trim around everything. 17 years later, I'm like, the hell with this. I'm changing it all up. And that's what I'm doing. I'm even putting in new uh, new fixtures over the head uh, sconces instead of just lamps.
0: Oh, let's talk some lighting, bud. That I love. I love getting into some lighting talk.
1: Now, because your home is almost like 150 years old, are you doing new lighting?
0: Well, that's kind of the tough thing. And that's where I'm at right now. So it's funny. I have changed out. So I have this beautiful chandelier. It's these colored beads. Uh, got it from anthropology. I love this thing. I brought it with me from Vegas. I put it up in our dining room. I love this thing. Um, but then I got, I got like just a very simple six prong, very basic chandelier, um, from pottery barn, put that up in our living room. Love it. But I'm like, okay, am I having too many lights that are going to, I don't want them to all like conflict with each other. So it's, it's trying to find like that easy flow, but so here's the, the other thing too, is that when we, um, just the other weekend, one of the guys that used to own this house came by, which was wild. No, I love that he came by. I know you're making a face, but I was actually, at first I was like, mm, I don't know, but it was actually really interesting. Cause he was one of the last guys that was in here. He bought the house in the eighties when it was, nobody lived in here. It was like completely abandoned. Homeless people were in the house. Like it, it was run down, not livable, horrible situation. He bought the house. They were shitting on each other's beds. 100%. Um, so, uh, anyways, he came in he was like, yeah, like I was a guy that I've redid everything and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but he came in, he was like, what are these lights? Like horrified that I took down his antique lights to put in my new ones. But here's the thing. It's like the whole house is old. You can update things and have like the old with the new. And I like that juxtaposition. I don't need to keep everything super antique-y. The woods are antique. The walls, the banisters, the windows, all of that stuff is like that old, tried, tested, and true, beautiful parts of the house. But like changing out some of the light fixtures and like updating things like that, I think that's the way to go.
1: It's very Joanna Gaines of you, though, to do like the juxtaposition of modern and then like, you know, the, the classic.
0: You have to update it. So I've, we've also been, well, I shouldn't say we, I should say I, because um, John is very on the fence with this. But I want to redo our kitchen. Um, so I've gone to meet with a kitchen consult. They're coming to the house. So we might be doing like a new kitchen. I would love to do a new kitchen. I need it.
1: What about your kitchen right now? Doesn't tickle the pickle.
0: So it looks fine enough, but the cupboards are just painted. The inside of them are old. They're from the eighties. They're from this dude.
1: They got to go. They've
0: got to go. They're too old. They're like, they're, it's literally just like a box shoved in a hole for the, um, for the drawers and stuff. Like they're not on the wheels. It just needs to be updated. The sink sucks. It needs to go. So I, I, yeah, they gave me a little, like. A nice little blueprint drop of of a great kitchen plan. I'm super into it. They did not tell me how much it's going to cost yet. So that's when the other shoe drops, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, a
1: few years ago, we got Angie a new kitchen. Me and me and Vinny sprung for it.
0: What did it cost you? <laughs> G. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: Easy. yeah, it cost us about. And she didn't want a a dishwasher. What? But Ma, why? She was like, I've never had one growing up. They didn't exist. You know who with the dishwashes? She goes, who? She goes, me and your aunts. She goes, I don't need one. All right. Cool. No problem.
0: I know. I, I like sprung the idea to John and he just kind of shrugs and ignores me when I mention it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Listen, I'm not trying to force. I'm not trying to force an issue or force something to happen but like legit no
1: but but this is your forever home right and and it's like i i have this conversation all the time with our friend Ator. the dude won't even hang a picture i tell him that i go listen to me if you ever decide because you are a single man and you live in this big house and you might want to leave this big house my advice to you is redo the kitchen redo the bathroom. So even if you put 50 to 60 grand into the house, you're adding the equity, you're adding more equity into the house. So that way you can flip it and you can make more money.
0: Exactly. So that was sort of my argument too, where I was like, look, do we need, need, need this? No, but would it like, yes, it would make our house much nicer. Also like, yeah, if there was a situation where we decided that we were going to sell and move or whatever, people aren't going to want this house with this old ass kitchen. And keep in mind, we bought this house off of a FaceTime. We didn't come and see and like, not that I would have changed anything. I love this house. I love, love, love this house. But when I looked on the pictures on like the listing on the Zillow, I was like, oh, this looks great. And then I got in here. I was like, oh, they're not. It's not new. These these cupboards are not new. The kitchen's not new. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one thing. If someone if were to come walk in this house and see that the kitchen is not new, like it would it, people would not want to buy that. And I also don't want to like redo it for somebody else to have to enjoy if we're ever going to do it. I want to do it so that I can enjoy it. And then on the tail end, should somebody else enjoy it as well, then so be it. But I I can't imagine wanting to move from this house. Like I am obsessed with this house.
1: How many bedrooms is it?
0: It's technically three bedrooms, which is fine. It's a wonky layout because it used to be a bed and breakfast. So there's like way too many bathrooms. The third floor where I am right now could be a bedroom. The guy that came by said that this used to be his bedroom. Is this really boring content for people to be listening to? I don't know.
1: No, people, people like to know. Listen, here's the weird thing that I found out about you and your husband when I started working with you guys and just looking at social media and certain Reddits. Oh, God. They want to know everything dude it is it's so strange like so i think people listening to this and seeing that you're the one that wants to make certain homeowner moves over the john because john don't
0: well yeah it it, yeah said he doesn't he really doesn't care that much though did i ever get him a great score the other day there's some really great antique markets out here um, and I, I picked up some artwork for the house cause I, like, that's what I was on the hunt for Like We need some artwork now that like the house is like kind of coming together. It's time to pl- splash some cool shit up on the walls. Um, but as I was leaving, they had like this outdoor area and they had, there was like the old riverfront stadium here in Cincinnati and they had a, a row of the old stadium seats. So I picked up some old stadium seats for him. So we're trying to figure out where to put them. We have like this third floor balcony that like looks out on the city. So they would look really great there. But if we can't get them up the stairs, I guess they'll just go outside. But I've always loved the idea of having stadium seats. There's something very cool about that. Like, especially for him, like being here, he's he went to like games there and and all that. So there there's definitely like that cool, like the history attached to it, the emotion attached to that. So I'm excited to see where these uh, where these seats end up.
1: I would love old school Yankee Stadium seats from the from the first stadium. I wish they kept that stadium up. To be perfectly honest with you, because I love the old Yankee Stadium. I thought there was a charm to it. The new one's nice, a little bit more cold and sterile. Like yeah, it, yeah there's like museum stuff or whatever. But the old Yankee Stadium had a history. I I I gotta look on Steiner Sports or and see whether or not they have. Sure, they've old got school to be seats. so
0: expensive.
1: They gotta be through the through the roof. You know what I mean? Like, but I like that. There's like charm, and that's what your house is. Your house is. Very very charming you have things you know what i mean that that are indicative to to the taste so that to me I, it's just all the it's the little somethings that really make a house a home
0: 100 and that's the thing too with like getting artwork where it's like kid okay, i i was looking at certain things like online like oh this could like be kind of cool but i actually so i ended up finding like these ink drawings of or ink prints rather of um certain parts of town that is like an old museum. Uh, there's the Fountain Square area. So I actually had one of those from Toronto. That's like an old street car on like the, and uh, uh, like uh, an intersection in t- Toronto. So I got those to match that. But then I also got these really cool, just like floral um, oil paintings.
1: Very adult. I want to show you something. And you, uh, this is, this was, this was gifted years ago. This comes with me wherever I go.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Where did you get that?
1: A friend of mine got it in Graceland when she went and visited Graceland. So it's an Elvis cookie jar. So for those that are wondering what, what I'm showing Renee.
0: Wow, it's a big cookie jar. That's really large.
1: But I'm not putting cookies in the Elvis cookie jar. No,
0: no, no. But the, but the idea that that was the purpose for it, it's it's very large. It's like almost life size.
1: Because I made a joke years ago and I was like, you know what I want? I would love one of those Elvis statues that you've seen in Saved by the Bell when, when they broke Screech's mom's Elvis statue.
0: Didn't watch that show
1: it's a great episode so you know a friend of mine paid attention and listened and found the cookie jar that kind of resembled it this is from the 68 comeback special wow because of the blacks i'm a big elvis mark who isn't have you been and i because you i remember you mentioned this you've been listening to elvis presley music but have you been watching elvis presley movies
0: No, I have not. But, oh, that would be like a fun little rabbit hole to go down. Like, I, so when I'm watching movies, I guess I think about this more than I actually do, like pulling the trigger. But I like picking like a theme with it where it's like, okay, I want to watch all Audrey Hepburn movies. I like to pick an actor and go down their whole rabbit hole, which I'm about to go on a big Johnny Depp one. I'm going to start with Benny and June, because that's probably one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies, that crybaby Edward Scissorhands.
1: Baby, so good,
0: it's so good. I've not seen it in so long, yeah. And like Hatchet Face, I miss, yeah, I gotta watch all that. But no, I've not watched any um Elvis movies, and I actually don't know if I've ever watched any Elvis movies. Where do I start?
1: You should probably start with King Creole, it's in black and white, and and but the plots are always the same, right? He's either a poor kid from the wrong side of town. And in the 60s, it got predominantly worse, where it's like, he's a cowboy, he's an astronaut, he's a soldier, he's a surfer, he's whatever. And then he messes up, gets introduced to the girl, she doesn't want nothing to do with him, and then he sings and she's magically in love.
0: That silky smooth, velvety voice.
1: It's the easiest plot in the world to digest. And the movies did so well that he got so tight into doing those. where He wanted to do more. But my favorite, my favorite top five would be Love Me Tender. He plays a cowboy. I won't give anything away. I can, I can tell you all the plot cities. I won't give anything away. Love Me Tender. Clambake, which is quintessential 1960s culture where it's just literally just opulence and sex. It's, it's, it's a great ah, movie. It sounds it's beautiful. So, it's, it's so good. And then I love King Creole and Kid Galahan. He plays a boxer in Kid Galahan. Very good.
0: Ooh, okay. So I've actually been on, um, I'm on like a sports movies kick right now. Um, and what started this was the other day we had um, on my XM show, we had Michael Bisping on the show and he just had a documentary come out about his life called Bisping. It's awesome. I really, really loved it. But it's one of those things I remember um, our producer was like, oh, you guys got to make sure you check out the documentary before we have them on, blah, blah, blah. And you know, as you do, and especially in like mom life, I'm like up to my eyeballs and like, what am I doing? What do I have to do? And then it was like in the morning, 7am and we don't do the show until two. And I was like, oh crap, I got to watch this Michael Bisping documentary, put it on. And like, it pumped me up. I love a good sports documentary, but like, you think of the things that that guy had to overcome, like coming out of like a bit of a rougher part of Manchester, Losing an eye, getting back into fighting, dealing with knockouts, different concussions, things like that. I mean, the guy just has such an interesting story. And there's just something about a Brit that swears a ton that I am just drawn to that I love. It's so great. But during the documentary, he talks about when he finally was like, I gotta retire. This is crazy. And he watched um this movie called The Journeyman, um, which you can't get here. It was only it was like a UK release and you can't find it here because I was trying yesterday to get it to watch it and couldn't. But I ended up watching the Tony Hawk documentary. Have you seen that?
1: I listened to his podcast with Mark Merrin. I have not yet watched it. But so if you want to go back, so now if you want to go back and listen to Mark Merrin have this really cool interview with him about the doc. You'll, you'll get a different perspective. So now it's like leading into it. It's like, I, I got to watch it. I love Tony Hawk. As a kid, I was really not a skater. I wasn't really into skate culture. I no. had a bunch of homies that skated.
0: See, I, I've always appreciated skate culture. I always thought that it was really cool, but it's just like, I'm not from Southern California. It wasn't, I, I grew up in hockey culture. That's what I grew up around, hockey culture and anything to do with that, whether it's roller hockey, street hockey, anything hockey related, I'm in. But I've always been fascinated by skate culture. I love the style. I love the wardrobe. I love the music. I love that whole vibe. So I, I, I have been drawn to it to a degree.
1: Which is why I kind of wish that I grew up in California, so that way I can have a different. First off, I wouldn't have this accent, this charming, charming accent.
0: Be a bit more of a bro. But
1: I, I was like, uh, yeah, bro, give me dickies, bro. But you know Let me wear what? The dickies. He
0: makes a case for some fucking dickies. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny, I was watching it and it, it took me back to like think like watching, I mean, obviously like the generation is different, but that like Dickies, just like a, a white tank top, like that super, super simple look. And I remember when Avril Lavigne used to rock that and I'm like, oh my God, this looks so cool. It's so simple, it's not trying too hard. So like, I don't know, I might go buy some Dickies.
1: Do you wanna do it? Should we do it? I'm down to do this.
0: I'm down to do it too. You know
1: who used to wear Dickies in his youth? And we had a whole podcast about it. Rocky Romero told me growing up- I could he goes, see
0: Rocky crushing some Dickies. He
1: was a SoCal kid growing up, California, and he would iron them and starch the hell out of them to keep them real stiff and whatever. And he would wear the matching shirt and it would be like two sizes too big.
0: Ah, uh, what a look.
1: So do we want to do Dickies? Let's go on
0: a deep dive after this. Um, I just got a really great pair- of um, all white Chucks with a platform. I've been loving them. This is my sneaker because it's not like, it's just, it's more of my vibe. I can't get, listen, this could be a whole other episode about why I cannot get into other sneakers. But Chuck Taylors, I can do that with like a Dickie with a cute little t-shirt. I'm in.
1: You know, it's a cool sports movie that I think you should check out. I don't know if you've ever seen it, right? It's called Gladiator. It stars Cuba Gooding Jr., It's in the 90s. I think it's like either 91 or 92. It's a boxing movie. And it stars Brian Dennehy as the main bad guy. But it's like this underground boxing fight club where he uses teenagers and 20-somethings. And it's like this illegal betting ring. It is so good. And there's this plot where it's like. This white kid, he befriends Cuba Gooding Jr., they become friends. Some shenanigans happen. Both want out. One wants to become a pro boxer. The other just did it because his father got into some craziness. And then they both have to square off against Brian Dennehy. And how they get there is super interesting. It stars a very young and shredded Cuba Gooding Jr.
0: What is Cuba Gooding Jr. up to these days? I think I've not seen him or anything in a while.
1: I know he did Snow Dogs a few years ago, that Disney classic that uh, you can watch on Disney Plus. Classic. But um, after you win an Oscar, what else do you need to do?
0: Okay, let's do like a top five ranking of like sports movies. And this is just off the top of my head. I've not prepared this list. Have you seen Southpaw?
1: Yes, yes, I did.
0: That one's a tearjerker. I remember John and I watching that and it was like, oh my God. Ooh, we've actually not rewatched that because I feel like that one rattled John.
1: Do you ever watch Moneyball?
0: That was the one about the athletics, right? Yeah. Yeah, Moneyball was great.
1: It's my favorite Brad Pitt movie.
0: Your favorite Brad Pitt movie? That's bold.
1: I do like Interview with a Vampire because, I mean, how can you not? But I just like the way he played Billy Bean. Now, I don't know if that's how Billy Bean was in real life. I don't know. Full transparency, not really the biggest sports guy. I sit and watch some Yankees baseball and a couple of other things, but I'm not going to X's and O this shit. But I'll sit and watch a good sports movie any damn day of the week.
0: See, that's where I am too, though, because like as much as I'm not X's and O's, and this is where I always kind of come back to on sports anyways, because, you know, as much as am I someone that like feels the need to like watch every single game and like really get in on like, you know, that aspect of the sport. Not as much, but it's like, it's the human aspect side of things. I love the idea. And this kind of applies to anything. People being good at things fascinates me. Or people not being good at things and still overcoming that and finding a way to get like their love of a game and honing a skill on something or having the odds stacked against them. I mean, those are real life stories of people doing things like that. And it's like that human aspect will always draw me into sports you know, even with like this show of like having conversations with people, like I don't ever know if it's like boring to people when I'm like, I want to know people's story of like how they got into something, what their obstacles were, how they had to like overcome certain things. Like I've always found that to be so fascinating. So that yeah, I mean, on sports movies with that, like I, anytime I watch them, I'm like, I got it. I'm going to go to the gym. I can like run an extra mile. Like it pumps me up so much.
1: If we want to do our our top five, right, me and you will pick them together what's number five what are we doing
0: so like i'm just gonna like throw some out to you and you tell me where you think they should land and you can throw some to me too the wrestler of course is fantastic what a piece of work
1: so i was just gonna say so good piece so, such of good
0: work that movie is it's and claudio's Beautiful. in it so that's good it's so good where's claudio in it
1: he's kind of like a little cameo when they do the roh thing
0: i know i remember seeing like i've seen, seen like truth in it i don't remember seeing claudio in it
1: you can see them in the background, like he's not really in it. Like you just see like the back oh, of his head, okay. like like, but he's there.
0: Yeah. Um, wrestler, obviously, fantastic. God, I mean, when there's like football ones, like there's just they're so.
1: Rudy could be at number four. What about Brian's song?
0: I've not seen Brian's song.
1: Well, prepare to get the tears because James Caan and the very handsome Billy D. Williams will make you cry.
0: I love that you like have the cast out. What's I don't? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Brian. Brian's song is it is it is a classic. I love you, Brian Piccolo. You will cry when you see it. Is it is very good. <laughs> Brian's song is very good.
0: You know what I'm gonna add into this list is "I Tanya."
1: That's such a good one.
0: "I Tanya" is fucking great. It's like dirty and gritty. I also love Margot Robbie so much. I think she's so great. Um, but. Yeah, you think of like, because uh, you know, you think of like sports movies. There's so many of like the old classic ones. You know, you want to talk, talk, uh, major league, Rudy being one of them. Um, you know, any, oh, shit, any given Sunday. God,
1: that's a good one too. Jerry Maguire, varsity blues is good.
0: How about Love and Basketball?
1: I love Omar Epps. How can you not? It's I love so that good. movie. White Man Can't Jump.
0: White Man Can't Jump is one that I would honestly have to like go back to watch again. I've not seen it in such a long time. Oh, you know what I, you know what I want to add in is Warrior.
1: Absolutely, Warrior is so good. Let's do one more. Do we want to do? Because obviously it's easy. You could say we can either pick Slapshot. We can do Rocky.
0: I would go. I would say Rocky over Slapshot. I love Slapshot, but Rocky makes me feel a certain way. Slapshot's like good and fun, and I enjoy the movie.
1: Well, which Rocky though? I say Rocky one.
0: I say Rocky one too.
1: Because to me, that's art. The rest of them become yes. a superhero film.
0: Okay. I I mean I I can I can get on board with that, but I would I I think Rocky is uh it's so great.
1: Yeah. And and here's an honorable mention just for the kids if you want to watch these movies with the kids. Watch Bendit Like Beckham. It's
0: oh, cute. you know what? I've actually never seen that movie. And I know that that one's God. I have like a whole list up in front of me right now and my brain is like, shit, there's so many to get into. Uh
1: there's so many it's because it's so it's so subjective because you remember what you like and where you were at a specific time.
0: Yeah. And there's ones that just like fall in like other categories as well, where it's like, I mean, like like love and basketball, where it's like, OK, well, it's like, you know, it's still like it's a romantic drama. There has these other elements. Honestly, I fucking love King Richard. I thought it was amazing.
1: Fox catchers. That's so catcher? many really was gnarly. Good. Just sports films. I, I I don't know if you could do, for us, our top fives would probably be very different. But
0: Million Dollar Baby.
1: Oh, what a sad ending to that film, too.
0: I know. Good God. All right. I'm, I'm, I right. I'm want to, like, print off this list. I'm going to, yeah, John and I are about to go watch a bunch I'm of t-
1: Start with Brian's sport. song, though, and, and Gladiator. I start will. with those two, because I, I would love that. your opinion on those. Yeah, I think you would like those.
0: Well, hey, we tied things back to sports here on the volume podcast network where we talk about sports. And sometimes we talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and pooping in beds. It all comes together full circle. I don't know if it's full circle, but it's all in one, one sweet spot here called the sessions. Fight fans take your best shot with a risk free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all of the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada. My home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota. New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non a travel site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-770 stop for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-hope-n-y or text hope-n-y for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www1800 gamblernet for West Virginia
1: or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Ah, uh, you want to do some quick wrestling, what you're liking what you're what you're watching?
0: Things that I am liking right now, um I think the Owen Hart Foundation tournament so far has been really great. Who didn't love them some uh, Dax versus Cash? I mean, to see those guys go in and have that singles match uh, was really, really cool. I I love the conversations that people are having about that, because it can be one of those polarizing things. It's that traditional style of wrestling. Whether people love it or they hate it, they want to see the flips, they want to see the jumps, they want to see all those spots. Um, I, I love that they stuck true to what they wanted to do. And uh, I know Dustin Rhodes was one of the guys that jumped on that. We've got him coming up on the show very soon too. I'm very excited to talk to him. I love me some Dustin Rhodes. Um,
1: their whole thing is no flips.
0: Just fists. that's their thing.
1: I think that match was great. I like the homages to certain Bret and Owen spots. I thought that was very, very cool. But I love yes. FTR yeah. just because they're my favorite type of wrestlers.
0: They're artists. They're beautiful artists is what they are.
1: I'm a bump and feed brother. So give me all that. Um, <laughs> One of the things that I like right now is that the good brothers returned to New Japan.
0: Yes, Oh my God, how about the Bullet Club stuff just lighting a fire? People were losing their minds.
1: They returned to Fukuoka and they did Dantaku, which is one of New Japan's big events. And during Evil vs. Tamatanga, after the end of the match, Carl Anderson and the Big LG come in and they they cause all this wreck. And now they're back and Carl is challenging Tama for the Never Open Weight Championship the 12th of June at Dominion.
0: I love that. I'm I'm really looking forward to um, this Forbidden Door pay per view as well. That's happening between AEW and New Japan. I think that's going to be real, real nice and real, real
1: cool. I think I need to be there.
0: I'll probably be there as well. So let's go and we can hang out and have a time. Let's go and let's go and have a little hang and do a thing. Um, what else am I liking right now? How about the TNT Championship switching hands again? Going back to Scorpio Sky.
1: What a way to really do the traditional double turn and have now Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page as baby faces and, and Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara as your your heels. Isn't it crazy that a person's relationship is the thing that causes them to boo the person? Isn't that strange?
0: Yes and no. It's like you see both of them out there, you see Tay and Sammy they're kissing, they're making out, they're all over each other's social media. I love you. I love you more and blah, 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 blah. And it's like so over the top. And as much as, you know, some people want to like celebrate things like that. It's also like, okay, can we just shut it down a little bit? Let's tone it down a notch. Um, but I mean, damn Sammy Guevara, um, as a professional wrestler, that dude just, he's, he's amazing. He's really fun to watch. And in a ladder match, like, holy shit, they they really like they leave no stone unturned when they go out there. And I mean, ladder matches, they really do scare me any time that we would do TLC with WWE and like calling those matches, watching those matches. I was I would always sit next to Booker T when we were doing the kickoff panels so that I could just like gauge from him if everyone was okay. I and mean, there's certain spots, you know, hurt, hurt, hurt. But then there's other things that, you know, I've, I've not I've, I don't take bumps. I don't always know what hurts. So I would like always watch Booker T and like get his reaction to to what was happening. But uh, yeah, ladder matches always freak me out. They are just there. It's that unknown element. And I always think of that Joey Mercury moment of him getting the ladder in the face and like his face just exploded. Um, that's horrifying.
1: You would always know when Booker loved the spot because he would yell out shucky Ducky Quack <laughs> yeah. Quack."
0: Uh, I I love it. I I always love working with Booker. He's such a he's funny. Oh, book. Um, what else is happening? What are we missing? I, I, before we jumped on here, you were really putting over impact. You are really in impact right now. Talk- oh, speaking of that, I just want to give like a quick nod to. Um, also, you guys can go back and listen to uh, the episode with W. Morrissey because it seems he's going to be on uh, Dynamite.
1: Perfect timing. Perfect Let's timing go. for the session. Let's
0: go. Who's going to plan that out? You
1: know, right. Um, I think impact is probably one of the best produced wrestling shows that nobody watches
0: can we talk about the x division match on their last pay-per-view that they just had because it fucking blew my mind i don't to be completely honest i don't i don't watch i don't watch everything all the time so it's like do i catch it am i john and i were at home i was like you know what this is on let's watch it and we turned it on as the x division match was going on and it was just like holy shit I don't know what it was. If it was like, if you would call it kind of a moonsault from the second rope out of the ring, what? That blew my
1: mind. I've always loved their X Division professional wrestling. So you're not getting... um it's, it's even when Joe was wrestling in the X division, the X division is not specifically, or it, maybe it wasn't, maybe it is now tailored to cruiser weights of the traditional sense. But what you're getting is some really crazy moves that are well put together. Now, some people might not like spotty McSpot spots, but if you're into high flying, then you're going to love Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey and Ace Austin. It's one of the matches that I think you should go back and you should watch. Trey Miguel has completely transformed himself as a professional wrestler. Once MSK went to NXT, he really became and focused on becoming a singles competitor and really came into his own as a singles competitor. And guys like him, Chris Bay, Ace Austin, Mike Bailey really shaped that X division. And you have some really unique matches and some some really dope pieces where you can plug in and have some really cool stuff. I think Tasha Steeles is a great women's champion.
0: Also, great promo.
1: Fantastic promo.
0: I was watching her and I was like, man, she's like, she's just confident. She's sharp. Um, I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy her promos a lot. She
1: rolls the, okay. She does it very good. I can't yeah. do it. Like she knows how to do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think she's fantastic. She's also a great worker.
0: I became a, a fan of hers as well. I've not, I've not watched too too much of it, but when I caught her promo, I was like, oh, she's really, she's got something pretty cool there.
1: And my favorite match of that entire Rebellion card, and you might call me crazy if you're listening to this, but I love Diana Perazzo and Taya Valkyrie. I think Diana Perazzo, she is pound for pound one of the best women's professional wrestlers that do not get the flowers that she deserves. So you should go back and you should watch that because she wins things with submissions. Okay, now, Renee, you know, when do you, when does a submission pop off and you think, oh my God, that's a great match? Because most of the time you want to see them hit the big finish and it's a pinfall. The fact that she does it with a submission, really cool shit to me.
0: I don't know. I mean, Ronda has her submission. Becky uses a submission. Um, Oscar's back. Oscar's big in submissions as well. I'm a, am a huge Oscar fan. I love that she's back as well. Like thank god. You know what? I like I I really didn't intend on this just to become like a, a women's wrestling moment, but yeah, I I I do. I love that. I love that Oscar's back. I think Dion, I agree with you. I do think that she deserves far more credit than she gets. Um, but it's you know, she's doing her thing. I mean, she's she does make the rounds. She's she's booked and busy. That's for damn sure. Um, you know who else I've been liking in AEW is Marina Shafir. I'm a fan of hers as well.
1: I thought she and Jade had a great match.
0: Yeah, me too. I like her on Bloodsport as well.
1: It's very difficult to make that style look really appealing in professional wrestling because if you watch judo competitions or any type of jujitsu competitions, yeah, it's great. And it's for that specific lane. But to do it into a professional wrestling ring or lack thereof in, in, in case of Bloodsport, so good. Another great match was John versus Biff Busig.
0: I really enjoyed that too, and I wasn't really sure I mean they've never worked together before i I love Biff. I think he's awesome um but yeah i I actually really enjoyed that too. I like John um with that regal knee as well. I'm a big fan of that. I love a flying knee. I've always been a fan of it. Love a good flying knee.
1: you're a big fan of b c c
0: dude. <laughs> I died. So my like nerd asked when I was like, why is everyone freaking out when I tweeted this? And I was like, oh, OK, got it. Um, Yeah, I did not know what um BBC meant. The best was I explained it to John's mom. So I was like laughing over it. I was in tears. I thought it was so funny. So funny. Um. All right. Well, listen, I've got to hop off because I have to interview uh, Mickey James for my XM show.
1: That's a nice flex. All right. Let's <laughs> wrap this up here, kids. For more information on Renee Paquette, go to Twitter and Instagram at Renee Paquette. For more information on me, Twitter and Instagram at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Download this podcast wherever you get them. You can also write nice things and you can review nice things on Spotify and iTunes. Do that.
0: Hit us with a review.
1: Go to the Please. YouTube channel, subscribe there. You watch this stuff. You want to see my face and my, my jacket. You can do that you can go and check that out. I found this in my closet. Uh, who knew that I had one? I'm
0: a fan. I'm a fan. Guys, you're only listening to this. Maybe you're watching this after, but if you're only listening to this, you want to watch it because you want to see Amelia with this jacket. I also have a very crisp new camera up and I should have put on some powder before I started doing this, but hey. We're all just living our lives.
1: You look good. You look good. Big shout out to Lucha Libre Taco Trucker Hats.
0: Big shout out to the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: And we'll see you next time right here on The Sessions.
0: Later, skaters. Oh, let's go get our Dicky pants.